Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Show 2023 edition. I'm your host, Mike Goodpaster, with my co-host, Dan Kornhauser. I want to remind everybody, make sure you check out the best place to bet on the NFL this year. Check out BetMGM. Make sure you find them in our YouTube link. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the bell notification button, follow us on Twitter at Grilling Truth. But Dan, today we're going to start off the season by looking at the top 10 quarterbacks headed into the 2023 NFL season. I know that is always your favorite thing you want to debate. It's one of my favorite topics because we disagree so heavily on on on, on a few of these guys. So Yeah, I'm, and remember this, our disagreements like 2 years ago, now I was right. Um were you? Because Joe Burrow, you thought was average. You said no, average two years was... ago at the start of the season. You said he's average. I said he was better than Lamar Jackson. You told me I was crazy. I, I'll be interested to see if you have Lamar ranked above him now. But um, and I don't think I ever called Burrow average, considering he was the first overall pick. But uh, let's see. You did love Baker Mayfield. That I didn't still work. Like Baker Mayfield. You loved Bailey Zappi. I still love Bailey Zappi. Why did it not work? Because he got cut by a team that's known for making poor personnel decisions? He got cut by a team that needs a quarterback, and you thought he was their best quarterback. He was their best quarterback, quarterback. but he's not even on a team now. Okay, he's better than Mac Jones. Mac Jones is ass. The Hall of Fame quarterback uh, coach uh, Bill Belichick didn't think so. Yeah, that Hall of Fame coach has not done very well the last few years. So let's do it. Let's jump in. We don't. All right. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Where we go with number ten? Let's start with number ten. I'm going with Deshaun Watson. I know uh, coming into the show off air, you decried because he sucks Deshaun right Watson. now. But honestly, man, I think he was just rusty. He sat out more than a year. Um, I mean, I've never played uh, professional sports or anything higher than. I mean, I ran track in college, but that was junior college. Regardless, I don't know what it's like to take off a year from anything, jump back into it, and expect to be like, you know, as great as you were before. Last time we saw Watson starting a full season, he was a top five quarterback in the league. He was elite on a trash Houston team. Unfortunately, that was three years ago, Dan. Yeah, it was it was a it was a couple of years ago. And yeah, it was three years ago. It was 2020. I think with the full offseason, with the preseason, with a full training camp, Browns are talented. They've got a good O-line. They've got good receivers. I think Deshaun Watson takes that step forward. But they're going to finish last in the AFC North. And it's not even close. They might. Fourth best roster, I think. And the third or fourth best quarterback. Because the issue here is this. You've got Deshaun Watson. But the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. And the other scary thing is they, I mean, outside of the Ravens, everybody has better skill position players too. Now the Browns do have the best offensive line in the AFC North. But I think the AFC North, and we'll get to this tomorrow on our NFL preview show, we'll have Steve Risley, former IU basketball player, won a 1981 national championship on tomorrow. We'll give our NFL previews and predictions. But the Steelers, to me, are a big-time sleeper team. And, I mean, I think it's possible that you have three teams make the playoffs out of this division. And I can't rank a guy in the top ten 
that has not performed at that level since 2020, Dan. I'll admit, this is more of a projection than anything. But when I looked at some of the other guys that I passed over, I'm not excited by any of those guys. Like some of my guys in the middle teens, like like Jared Goff and um, Derek Carr and guys like that. It's like they're good quarterbacks, but at their peak, are they better than a peak Deshaun Watson? Yep. The problem is maybe his peak was three years ago. Maybe like Lamar Jackson's peak was a. Was and, and the thing ago. is, this Jared Goff had his best season ever last year. He did. And when you look at it, the Browns do not look like they're going to be as good as the Lions right now. I like the Browns more than I like the Lions. Really? Maybe, maybe it's the Lions play. Right. Now, what it is is. I mean, I don't know how you could like the Browns better just because of the situation that two teams are in. The Lions are in the better situation. They're in a division in the NFC North where they're the favorite or the second favorite. The Browns are in a division where most people pick them last right now because the Pittsburgh Steelers have legitimately done some really good things with that roster. Yep, It's going to make it really difficult for Deshaun Watson to show that he's a top 10. But, of course, he did the same thing with – you know, a Houston, Texas team that wasn't great talent-wise, but at least he had a stud number one wide receiver then. He did. He did have DeAndre Hopkins when Hopkins was arguably the best receiver in the league. And he doesn't have that in Cleveland. But, yo, let's not sleep on guys like Amari Cooper. They did get um, Elijah Moore from the Jets, who a change of scenery might do him well. He was a second-round pick. The Jets never just used him properly. All right, neither one of those guys would be even on the field in Cincinnati. Well, that's not fair. I mean, it may not be fair, but George Pickens is way better than anybody there, too. And the Steelers have a couple other young receivers. So, I mean, when you compare it personnel wise, the offensive line better be even better than what we expect. And we expect them to be good. All right. My number 10 is Trevor Lawrence. And I would say the reason he's at 10 and not higher is the fact that, I mean, really, consistency has been an issue with him. Mm-hmm. Until the end of last season, like the last four or five games, he played really well. The AFC South looks like it's there for the Jaguars to take. It's a terrible division. And, I mean, is he good enough to someday be Mahomes or Burrow? No, but I think that we've seen the potential here. He could be a top 10 quarterback, maybe even top five for the next decade. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I love Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we, we disagreed all through last year. I will admit, after like the first month and a half of the season, I was kind of leaning in your direction. Hey, you no, were- you have to lean in my direction because him being at number 10 makes him a bust right now. I mean, he, you he were- was the first guy taken. And this is the thing. I told you, he's either going to be a top 10 quarterback or he'll be a complete bust, but he'll never be a Burrow or a Mahomes. And I think that, He'll be more consistent as his career goes on. But, I mean, like I said, when you do this, the top two guys have to be Burrow and Mahomes, no matter what order you put them in. Yeah, Everybody else is everybody else. And I think Trevor Lawrence, I still think you see issues. I don't think he's nearly as accurate a passer as either one of those two. I don't think he's near as good a leader. But I do think he will get somewhere between five and ten. But number one, as I always say, if you're the number one person drafted and you're a quarterback and you don't win a Super Bowl, that's a failure. I mean, if Joe Burrow, yeah. we're sitting here three years from now and Joe Burrow still had won one, 
that's a failure. No, that's fair. I mean, it's a little harsh, but it is true, Dan. You're, if you're talking about number one overall pick quarterbacks, you expect a championship when you're taking a guy at number one. Yeah. So I I guess that's fair. I personally wouldn't call it a bust, but I, I can see how, how one would call it that. If, but like, I guess if you were the GM and you drafted a quarterback number one and didn't win a Super Bowl, number one, they'd call you fired, but you would think it was a bust. But nah, if, see, you, if you got the one pick, dude, you got to win the Super Bowl. It's tough because if the quarterback's balling out, like like take Deshaun Watson a few three years ago, he balled out literally one of the top five quarterbacks statistically in the league. Um, his team didn't win a lot of games. That's not his fault. Yeah, so, but also his career was cut a little short there, so he didn't get to finish it. But also Deshaun Watson at his best. I'm talking elite guys, guys that are going to the Hall of Fame someday. And Mahomes and Burrow have not even scratched the surface of what they're going to do. But, I mean, really, would you want to bet against either one of them ending up in the Hall of Fame? No, I would not at this point. No. So, number nine, I've got Dak Prescott. Injury issues over the last few years are a major concern. Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy being his offensive coordinator is why he's in the top 10, because I figure if he had a good coach, he'd probably be in the top five. So he has been productive when healthy. I just think he's in a toxic environment in Dallas. Yeah. And Dallas is a tough team to pin down because as you said, they're a good team, a questionable coach, a lot of talent in a winnable division. Yes. They have the Eagles, but well, you get the, Gi the Giants aren't bad. I mean, I think the Giants are going to be a wild card team again. There's always something missing with the Cowboys, and it's not Prescott. But there's no. a, seemingly every year there's something. How about this? Ownership. Right. Ownership is what they're missing. I mean, That's who the hell lovely. trades? Who trades anything for Trey Lance? Jerry Jones. Yeah, because he's That's a dumbass. And that is why Dak Prescott's right number nine. Who do you have at nine? I, I also have Dak Prescott at number nine. Uh, for me, like you said, it was a matter of the injuries. He only played in um, 12 games this past season. He started 11, left, left one of the games with the injury. He threw 15 picks this past season, which is ugly. And I don't know, man. He has these games where he can take over like he did against Philadelphia when they beat Philly in week 15. They won 40 to 34. He throws for 347 and three touchdowns, a 124 uh, 0.3 QB rating. All wonderful things. They beat the top team in the NFC and everything. But then the next week against Tennessee, sure, it's a win, but it's the Tennessee Titans. All right? let's, let's be honest here. This team's not quite right. Defense, not good. And he throws a couple of picks. They barely they, – they win a closer game than it should have been. And then it's just – I don't know. And then the week after, a 128 in a loss against Washington um, – 128 yards, 37% completion percentage, just shat the bed. I don't know if it's because it was the end of the season. They just mail it in. I don't know. But he's too inconsistent at this point. I want to see some more. I want to see less turnovers. All right. Who you got at number eight? Lamar Jackson. I wanted to put him higher, but I can't do that. He's not better than anybody else above him, I think, at this point right now. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's got all the talent in the world. Mike, you and I have discussed off the air. You like him as a passer. You think he can be a better passer than he has been. And I'd like to put him higher, but this isn't fantasy football. This is We're ranking these guys 
based on real life. Fantasy, he's a top five quarterback. But in real life, there are still questions about can he carry the, a team? Can he make those big throws in tight coverage, in a tight spot, like a Joe Burrow, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Josh Allen? Say what you will about like a guy like Josh Allen, for example. Josh Allen can't make those throws. Say what you will about him. He's, he gone, throws, he's gone toe-to-toe with the best of the best in the league. Got and, his ass beat almost every occasion. I mean – uh, you can't blame him for shitty defense. You can't blame him for for. I can blame him for playing. I can blame. I can blame him for playing like absolute crap against the Bengals last year and throwing interceptions right. that never should have been thrown. And I've got Lamar at number eight too. Mm-hmm. And I think this. I think we're going to find out this year if Lamar is the real deal as no. a quarterback because you got rid of great Romans. 19, whatever it is, 65, run the ball on every play offense. Um, my concern with him is what everybody else's is. He's missed like the last six or seven games of each of the last two years with injuries. Uh, I, I think there's no doubt that he gives the Ravens a chance to win. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to leave him at eight. And I think this is a huge season. I mean, he's got new coordinator. He's got better weapons than he's had in the past. So this should be a big year for him. But I'll still say this. When I look at this, I think the AFC North is going to come down to the Bengals and Steelers. Interesting. So I, think the, he... I think the Ravens will make the playoffs. But I think the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a very good football coach in Mike Tomlin. I'm still not completely sold on Kenny Pickett. But, you know, they got defense. Anytime you're starting off with T.J. Watt, your defense is going to be pretty good. It was pretty good last year. And last year, with a lot less talent than they've got this year, they were 9-8. and eight. So I, I think when I look at this, I, I would take Mike Tomlin over John Harbaugh as my coach. I think Mike Tomlin wins no matter who he's got. I mean, the guy's never had a losing season. And my eight is Lamar Jackson. My number seven is Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings. I know the knock on him is he doesn't play well in big games. The issue I see is he usually has by far the lesser team in most of those games. And they won 13 games last year with a team that never should have won 13 games. And he he played a lot of really good games at the end of games, brought them back in big situations. I think he's a guy that gets, as you would say, shot upon way too much. I mean, this is a guy who can't be a bust. He was a second or third round pick. And has turned himself into a pro bowler year after year. He's consistent. And like I said, if you look in probably 80% of those primetime games he's lost or playoff games he's lost, hell, his team's been the underdog. And from what I saw last year, they lost to the Giants because their defense shot the bed in the playoffs. Well, everybody knew that Minnesota Vikings team last season was a was a fluke. But that's what makes him impressive because that offense, you talked about Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's defense was better than Minnesota's defense. Yeah. Wouldn't take much. But the fact that he figured out a way to win 13 games, I mean, let's not forget. I mean, he came from behind against Buffalo. A lot of that was Buffalo fumbling the damn ball in their own end zone. But he made some big-time throws in that game, and that was a big game. So I'm not the kind of person that thinks that he can't win a big game because we saw him win a few last year. 
the problem is this. He's not a top five guy. So it's kind of limited, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Because when I look at a guy like Kirk Cousins, the reason I don't have him in my top 10 is because I don't see him as someone who can take a team to that next level. He, see, I, I, but wait a second, Dan. He took a team that was nowhere near that level, won 13 games last year. That, was luck. that him, was luck more than him. Okay. I, luck did not make those throws. And, I mean, they had like six or seven games with a, last, with a, a final drive touchdown. He had to make those throws. And he made those throws behind a poor-ass offensive line, too. So they won 13 games. And the thing I don't get is this. If almost any other quarterback does that, you're sitting there saying, well, he carried him and won him 13 games. But since it is Kirk Cousins and everybody has this narrative that, you know, he's a guy that chokes, people are never going to give him credit. I mean, it's really Matt Stafford had a little bit of the same thing when he was in Detroit, didn't he? But then we put Matt Stafford in a good situation, and Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl. Nah, see, Stafford's different because oh, unlike okay. unlike Kirk Cousins, I watched every single snap of every single Lions game of Stafford's whole career. There's a for me, there was this, there's a significant difference between Detroit Lions Stafford and Kirk Cousins, mostly because Stafford actually carried it. The team wasn't winning games because the team sucked. The whole team was just ass. The defense sucked. The coaches sucked. The offensive play calling sucked. The running game was non-existent. Literally everything going against Stafford. And the man played every game, every snap. And so Cousins didn't do that last year? Nah, Minnesota wasn't as bad as any of those Detroit Lions teams that met. Minnesota was horrible last year. And – they, had, and, they, they got and, receivers and they got running back. They had no even, defense. I would even go so far as to say Minnesota won so many games because their schedule was so light. I mean, sure, they played Buffalo and Dallas but and Philly, but they got blown out by Philly. They got blown out by Dallas. Their division was butt cheeks. Let's not make believe like it wasn't. Green Bay sucked. The Lions weren't quite until the second half of the year, and the Bears so sucked. Once again, it just goes back to what I said. It doesn't matter if he wins 13 games or five games. He sucks. That's the way people will look at him because most people don't know what the hell they're looking at when they look at a quarterback. I I can tell you this. I can tell you this. If you don't think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback, you're out of your mind. I mean, he's accurate. He can make plays like you said. I don't think he sucks. I just don't think he's him. As those as kids would say these days, top these ten days. doesn't make you him anymore because there's really probably only two or three him guys in here anymore. Mm. There's, a, there's guys like Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts that might be close to being him guys, but they're not quite yet. I mean, there's not. I don't know how many times there's been in NFL history where there was ten him guys in the NFL at the same time. So I just I'm just telling you, I mean, when you look at levels to this, I'll take Kirk Cousins over Lamar Jackson right now because I don't know how good Lamar Jackson is just off the last two years of the injuries. But I just think it's sad because when you look at a quarterback, Kirk Cousins can do pretty much everything a quarterback needs to do. And he has not been in a situation conducive to winning on any team, has he? Ah. Uh. No, 
Not All really. Right. So how are we going to blame him? Because we make the same claim that well, Matt Stafford couldn't do anything with Lions because they. Suck. But see, here's here's the difference between a guy like Cousins and the rest of these guys on this list. Like I've seen Deshaun Watson put up, put the team on his back, not win a lot of games, but he showed that he can score, lead the team down the field, score on any drive. I'm sorry, but if you don't win a lot of games, you really can't do anything. You're not putting anything on your back. Like Lamar, Lamar was had that MVP season four years ago, and I'm still Lamar also had that. top five defense and a damn good running game. And Lamar only threw because they got bored. I mean, basically they ran the ball 70% of the time, even his MVP year. I mean, 38 touchdowns, nine picks. Any good coach would sign up for that from their quarterback. Yeah. And the thing is this, why is there no narrative that Lamar Jackson can't win a big game? There is a narrative to that. That's there why he's is. not really There's tired. not really. Nobody ever brings it up. If you bring it up should. Kirk Cousins, the first thing that's ever said is he can't win the big game. If you bring up Lamar Jackson, they'll, they'll just say he's a great athlete or he's a running back, not really a quarterback. But nobody really does him like that. And nah, Lamar see, Jackson has been awful in playoff games. Yes. That's why he's not ranked higher. And that's why a lot of people question if he can do it. And that's why he's not ranked very high. Well, I guess if, if, you know, Kirk Cousins would have been on the Rams, they'd have won the Super Bowl two years ago. Maybe. But well, that's I, I don't remember Matt Stafford doing anything else or just beyond. He wasn't awesome. I mean, he was good in the playoffs. He was good in the Super Bowl. Ah, they didn't yeah, yeah. win because of him. They won because of Aaron Donald and the defensive line mm -hmm. and the fact that the Bengals had no offensive line. So who's your number seven? My number seven, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Now, this for Wait me Wait a second. I've got to bring something up. So how does he rank ahead of Kirk Cousins? Because he played five good games. No, actually, after week nine – the only quarterbacks who were better than Trevor Lawrence were Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And after week nine, and I kept talking about this every week that we went on and we were doing our preview show, I brought up his stats every single week. I remember I still have the papers sitting right there. And I talked about it every single week. Week nine, he played well. Week 10, I was like, oh, man, you know, the last couple of weeks he's been stepping up. And then we kept going. And every week he just keep, kept getting better and better and better. And I mean, I'm sorry. So he had seven good games still. I mean, when you go from a coach like Urban Meyer, who derailed the entire organization. Damn, have you watched the swap on Netflix yet? Yeah, I've watched the first couple episodes. Fucking great. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you watch the whole thing. You'll realize that Urban Meyer is an even bigger scumbag than what we thought he was. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a total I mean, when kid. he's sitting there talking about he feels bad because he cut a kid for hitting a hitting his girlfriend and then the kid wouldn't killed himself. And he thinks that maybe if he just let him stay on the team and beat up his girlfriend, everything would have worked out all right, except for idiot. the girlfriend who would have been dead. But yeah, he's yeah, he's an idiot. He's a douchebag. Yes. But that's that's been known forever that he's an authoritarian. Well, I don't think it's been known forever. I think it came out when the Ohio State scandal Ohio State. with the wrestling yeah. coach and all mm -hmm. that crap. Because before mm -hmm. that, he was Saint Urban Meyer. Maybe maybe because of Tim Tebow. But well, I, I still don't see how Tim Tebow could be around that dude. To tell you the truth, if Tim Tebow's what he says he is. 
That's actually a good question, and that's that's actually something I've not actually thought about before. Because I, I would love to see fan. somebody ask Tim Tebow that. Because the thing that blew my mind is after they talk about Tim Tebow, was like, yeah, and then he came back to my room and we prayed about it. <laughs> and then Urban went out and, you know, hooked up with some 17-year-old girl um, yeah. on campus, and he felt much better about himself. But I mean, that, that would make me feel pretty right, good. So though. we agree on Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to sit between 5 and 10 for most of his career, probably. I'm still not completely sold because I've only seen about a half a season of it, and Usually takes me a lot longer than that to believe in anything. But who do you have at six? Six. I've got AA Ron, Aaron Rodgers. Now, I wanted to put Aaron Rodgers in my top five. I love Rodgers. And as a Lions fan, it's kind of weird to say that out loud, but the man's a beast. Actually, I think it makes you not a Lions fan. Man, man's a beast. All right. I mean, he uh, two back to back MVPs a couple of years ago. Now he comes to the New York Jets. Last year, we'll just give last year a pass because the Packers were just so dysfunctional on so many fronts. And now in the in New York, he's got his offensive coordinator who, when he was in Green Bay, under this offensive coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, he's uh, under this guy. So that's going to help him. He's got a ton of talent in New York. The only question for the Jets is their offensive line, but – that's a big question now. That, well, yes, that's a big question. And Aaron Rodgers' age. He is 40. He's the oldest player in the NFL right now. And I think that's part of what happened last season. In addition to the Packers being dysfunctional, he's starting to take that step back. You know what I think? He could still put it there, though. I think he was miserable in Green Bay for the last five years. He may have put up good numbers, but I don't think he was happy there. I think what you see about him now, I've got him in my top five, Dan. How about that? You should. You, you, that's, I have no issues with that at all. In I've fact, got, go ahead. I'll say, in fact, I, I should have probably swapped him with my number five guy. I, now looking at my list, I feel like I disrespected Rodgers a little bit by having this, this guy ahead of him. But, yo, Rodgers, top five, I don't have any issue with that. I just yeah. question the age and the O-line. My number six is Justin Herbert who I think if the Chargers would fire Brandon Staley would probably immediately jump into the top four. But I think I think his underrated strength lies in avoiding negative plays when facing pressure, which I think was an issue until about early to mid last season where you saw him kind of get better. Mm-hmm. And he only took sacks. I think at what I saw was a 5% sack rate last year. His biggest issue holding it back there's a lack of a quality head coach in L.A. And until that changes, I think he stays around this spot. I mean, the other thing is, how much blame does he take, not just Brandon Staley, for them falling apart at the end of the season the last two years? Because this is a team, talent-wise, that should have been in the playoffs. I mean, they were in last year for a half, and then they checked out at halftime. But this is a team that really should not be losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in a playoff game, especially when they're up 27 or 28 to nothing. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, the thing that worries me for Herbert is the Chargers have Spanos, who's one of the worst, maybe the worst owner in the NFL. And how long is this guy just going to let Brandon Staley stay there and go 9 and 8, 10 and 7 with a team that should be 11 or 12 wins? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you listen, I liked Staley as a as a head coaching hire a couple of years ago. I, I didn't, by the way. I was right on that. Didn't. You were right on that. You hated that hire. I like it. Also, if you remember, that was part of my reason why I thought that this would not work out well for Justin Herbert, too. Well, the the good thing, at least for Herbert this season, is that they brought in Kellen Moore. Say what you will about Kellen Moore in Dallas, but he wasn't the problem. Oh, no, he wasn't. He just called the plays. How could he be the problem? Give me a break. The only place Kellen Moore has ever been is Dallas. So this is kind of like you meet a girl, all right? And that girl was raised by parents that beat the hell out of each other and scream at each other all the time. Mm-hmm. But yet you expect once you marry her that she'll see the light. And that's the, I mean, all I can tell you is he's, he, he is coached in dysfunction. Brandon Staley is not a highly respected coach. Mm-mm. Kellen Moore is there because they're kind of the same thing. I'm sorry, but Kellen Moore was like Jerry Jones' puppy dog. It's the only reason he got a job coaching in the NFL. The Chargers should make the playoffs because they have the talent to. But I think this could implode massively at some point this year. I think Kellen Moore takes over as head coach. I do, too. I think it would be a perfect fit. And it would be perfect for Justin Herbert to continue to put up great numbers and not do anything with it. Because Kellen Moore is a joke as a coach. Because if he wasn't a joke as a coach, why the hell would he go to L.A. with the Chargers? Good coaches don't want to go there. I mean, it's not a bad situation. We just talked about how talented. A horrible situation because Kellen Moore can't do this either. He's Brandon Staley. He will make constant stupid mistakes. Brandon Staley is the dude that almost lost the Browns game with the stupid going for it on fourth down last year, only they're playing the Browns, so the Browns missed a field goal after Mm -hmm. that. He was on his own 35 with like 30 seconds left, and he goes for it. I mean, so don't tell me any – this is the thing. Justin Herbert needs to get the hell out of Los Angeles if he wants to be successful and win Super Bowls because as long as he's with the Chargers, he's not going to win a Super Bowl no matter how good he is because they are dysfunctional just like the Dallas Cowboys are. Mm. And you just brought more dysfunction from Dallas and stuck it in your dysf- dysfunction with the Chargers. Because I don't know why you would think that Kellen Moore was not part of the problem. The empire problem in, in Dallas is Jerry Jones likes guys that will do what they're told. I don't want that as my head coach. So if you want Kellen Moore to take over for Brandon Staley, that's fine. But it just means you're going to get more of the same. So who's your number five? Jalen Hurts. And he had a massive breakout season in 2022. But can he continue that? Because he was not a top 15 quarterback even the year before. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be completely sold on him yet. I'm not saying that it can't work out. I think he's in a great situation. But I do think he just lost his OC. They lost their DC. I don't think this is going to be the runaway people think it might be for the Eagles. Because also, you have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Because it's hard not to when you lose a Super Bowl, especially when you had to lead for a lot of it and you lose it at the end. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Jalen Hurts at number five, and I fully expect at the end of this year he'll either be sitting at three or ten. So I think this is a boom or bust maybe, and I would lean more towards the boom. Like I said, I just have a hard time. My top four guys are all guys that have done this at least for a couple years at a high level, mm-hmm. and I've seen too many guys. Hell, you remember Mark Rippon for a couple of years. People thought he might be the best or one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL, and then he dropped off the face of the earth. So 
I've seen a bad first year by Hertz, a great second year. This year will tell the tale, though, Dan. I also have Hertz as my number five quarterback, and he was a guy I was saying. And he should never be ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, he's the guy I was saying. I should. I, sh- I feel like I disrespected Rodgers for putting Hertz ahead of Rodgers, but that's it's the classic. What have you done for me lately? Rodgers had two MVPs back to back. Then last year he kind of fell back to the rest of the pack, at least statistically and in the win loss record. Whereas Hertz took a step forward. Yeah, he had one great year. Yeah, he took a step forward as a starter and as a quarterback. And I mean, all through, you know what, Mike, one thing I appreciate and value with you is your coaching expertise. And when you talk about uh, quarterbacks, I know that you've coached quarterbacks at every level. I know you've coached quarterbacks who've gone to the NFL, quarterbacks who've played at high division one programs and have had success. So when you, talk about quarterbacks, I listen, and I want to soak it all in because you know what the fuck you're talking about. So when throughout the season you were talking about Jalen Hurts and I was praising him throughout the year, and you were like, well, you know, maybe put a hold on that for this reason or for that reason, how he responds to the blitz, uh, you know, his footwork. You know, I'm just worried about the uh, how many RPOs they run because yes. that is what, really when it gets down to it, that's why I'm not completely completely sold yet because i mean as we saw in the super bowl when you play a well-coached team they will figure that out Mm -hmm. and the first half he looked awesome second half they figured it out and when you say some of the things like you know maybe take a step back and look at this or think about this from a different angle or think about it from the other team approach how they are going to approach it it makes me take a pause and think but this, I think, is it's his fourth year in the league. I think this, similar to Lamar Jackson, show us. Show us that last year wasn't a fluke. Show us that you belong. Show us that you're a top five quarterback. And that's yeah, all. And I think what it is is show us that you can beat Mahomes or Burrow probably when it comes Super Bowl time. That's it. Number four, I have Justin Herbert. And this, I mean, I. On our NFL Pick'em Show, I have sung Justin Herbert's praises week in and week out. He's one of the most physically talented players in the league, regardless of position. And I love me some Justin Herbert. But as you said when you mentioned him earlier, I need to see him take that step forward. And he don't get it done in the clutch, Dan. Show me – well – Dude, when you're up 27-28 to nothing at halftime, you literally only had to make another player to the rest of the game, and you've won the game. Passing for 6.8 yards per attempt is unacceptable. That is what Dan Jones did. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what Lamar Jackson did in 12 games with no talent around him. Justin Herbert has elite talent around him. Keenan Allen, now, now they got Quinton Johnson. I mean, they've got – Tons of talent. Uh, Eckler in the backfield and Mike Williams. I mean, he should be better than this. Be more like around 7.3, 7.5. That's where the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens of the world, you know, so on and so forth. That's where the, the studs lie. So I'd like to see him, you know, be up more in that range. But this is all potential for me, this ranking. 
All right, my number four is Josh Allen. Now, as we said, Mahomes and Burrow have owned him in the playoffs pretty much. Yep. But the Bengals and Chiefs do have, I think, better rosters than the Bills. The only problem with me right now for Josh Allen is the Bills look like they are getting farther away from competing with the Chiefs and Bengals than they are closer. And the other thing is he may be 6'4", 6'5", 240 pounds, but just like Lamar Jackson, at some point he's going to get hurt. It's just the way it is. And I think he runs too much. I don't like the way they run the offense. And I'll tell you this. I think that the Bills will drop to possibly third in this division this year. He will drop out of the top five. Sean McDermott will be fired, and we will see a rebuild in Buffalo. Wow. Wow. Hold on. Let me let me jot this down. Where's my, fucking, where's my pen and pad? Well, all I know is this, Dan. You have a porous offensive line with a quarterback that likes to run. That is not a good recipe. And you still, I mean, is the running back situation any better than what it was before? No. No, it's not. I love I love wide receivers better than they were before. No. No, they're not because Gabe Davis is inconsistent as hell, and I hate him. Yeah, and they added a tight end. That was it. And rookie tight ends don't produce. But I really like that rookie tight end. I think he can produce. The problem is they already had a good tight end. And their offense, unless they're going to turn into Baltimore Ravens and run it a lot and have Josh Allen run it a lot, it's not conducive. But my number three is Aaron Rodgers. I think the change of scenery will make the difference for him. He may only have a year or two left. But – you know, I to me, he seemed bored and unhappy in Green Bay for at least the last four or five years. I think he goes to a team. The offensive line worries me big time. The offensive line could kill this or get him killed. <laughs> but when you, when you look at the running backs they have, the wide receivers they have, the defense that looks set up, mm-hmm. my only worry here is the O-line because Rodgers – I mean, let's face it, Joe Burrow is more mobile than Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So Joe Burrow was able to survive a bad offensive line. But then again, Joe Burrow also had significantly better receivers, too. That he because did. the Jets receivers aren't bad, but mm-hmm. they're not like Joe Burrow's. So I don't know. I Maybe I'm giving this too much thought here. He's 40. To me, this is either a boom and he's trying to win the MVP again. Or it's a complete bust, and he's old, and he's Joe Namath with the Rams. Ooh, damn! And I don't think that'll happen. Damn! For Jets fans' sake, it better not. It's going to get ugly over here. Well, I'll tell you what. For Robert Sales, you know, for uh, his ability to keep his job, it better not turn out that way. Fugly, but yo, the Jets' offensive line as of today looks like Dwayne Brown at left tackle. Lakin Tomlinson at guard, Connor McGovern at center, Elijah Vera Vera Tucker at right guard. And if he's healthy and not a fat, useless piece of shit, Makai Becton at right tackle. Yeah, but this is the thing. I think, aren't you the one who thought it was nuts a couple years ago when I ripped a Becton pick? Well, yeah, because again, I told you he was was physical traits and whatnot. But why would you like physical trait of being a lard ass and lazy? Because aside from him being a lard ass and lazy, the but there's no other co- thing beside that. Because if you're a lard ass and lazy, it doesn't matter what your physical traits are, because you're not going to do anything because you're a lard ass and you're lazy. Well, hopefully you have coaches in the NFL who can motivate you. No, coaches in the NFL are not supposed to motivate you. 
Yo, Dan Campbell is a straight up motivator. He's oh, not a yeah. guy. That's why he's lost so many more games than he's won. Yeah, but the Lions are the hot team in the NFL. Everyone loves Detroit. Dude, but the thing is, Detroit, if they fall short, it's going to be for lack of coaching because Dan Campbell's too rah rah and not enough coaching the game. Because Dan Campbell's game management leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> That's saying it very nicely. And this is the thing. If I had to bet money on who was going to win the NFC North, I, I mean, I don't know who I would bet on. But I wouldn't bet on the Lions just because of Dan Campbell. I may even look at the Minnesota Vikings just because I think Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. But Dan Campbell worries me. Because to me... I think one of two things happens with the Lions, and we'll get to it tomorrow on our NFL yeah. preview show. I think this is where they come out of the gate fast, and they're a top three seed at the end of the season, or they come out slow, and Dan Campbell's fired by week six. I don't think it's going to be that quickly, but yeah, I can see that too. Well, I think this. I think if they were to come out of the gate and go one and five, he would get fired. Because right now, you've got expectations, and the Ford family is not used to that. Well, except for the expectations of failure. I was going to say, expect, uh, except for the expectation of being one of the worst teams in the league every year. Yeah. Who you got at number well, three, Dan? At three, I've got Josh Allen. Uh, pretty much for every reason you said, but for me, I have him in the top three because he. I see him as one of those guys. I see him as someone who can elevate his play and elevate those around him. Well, it's not the playoffs. Not in the playoffs, sure, which is why but that's all that matters. He needs to take he's another one who needs to take that next step. Which is why Aaron Rodgers should be in front of him, too. He's got Aaron Rodgers did it a decade ago in the Super Bowl. Stop with the turnovers, be better in crunch time. It was great seeing him go to toe-to-toe with Mahomes and coming back and and all, all the passing yardage and passing stats and, and the 38 passing touchdowns. It's great. Now it's time to show us in the playoffs. Now it's time to show us you belong. And well, that's that was in the playoffs that he did it. And it was his defense that failed, not him. I'm talking about, like you say, winning is what yeah. matters in the playoffs. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, the game two years ago, I mean, you can't blame him. He outplayed no. the homes in that game. Really. Last year? Just the Buffalo defense let him down. Yes, okay. last year was an atrocity. Last year, yeah. He's got to be better than that. That's unacceptable. I mean, you're playing in Buffalo in the snow. You should beat anybody because it's Buffalo in the snow. It doesn't and have to be pretty. I mean, the man had, what, eight rushing touchdowns. It was arguably the best the best, or one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league, not in terms of yardage, but in terms of efficiency and so on and so forth, getting first downs, et cetera. Um, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Josh Allen, too. I, I see Herbert as a poor man's Josh Allen, and I think both of them, even though Allen has had more success, I think they're in the uh, in the same boat. They got they got all the physical talent to be the best quarterback in the league. They just have to do it. And see, this is the thing. When you look at Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, if you just put Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes on one side, Justin Herbert and Josh Allen on the other side and just had them warm up throwing each other and you didn't know any of them, you would think the two best guys are Allen and Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. But the thing is this, I, the thing that makes – and when we get to our top two, to me, I don't even think it's used ranking at number one and two because these are the two best guys. And I, this is what I would say. If I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes is one and Burroughs two, it's because he's won two Super Bowls. 
Yeah. But he's also had five years. Burroughs had basically two years because he got hurt early on in the first year. But I would also say this. I think the fact that Joe Burrow did this with no offensive line is pretty impressive. Also, the other thing to remember between these two is this. Patrick Mahomes has played every AFC championship game at home, I believe. Joe Burrow went on the road and won Kansas City. He went on the road, played great in Buffalo. So he's won road playoff games. He went to Tennessee, beat Tennessee. I know people say no big deal, but he made a throw there to set up that field goal. Mm -hmm. That throw, the back shoulder throw, 30 yards down the field, not many guys make that throw in that situation. So when I look at it, I think Mahomes has had the better situation Mm -hmm. with probably the better head coach. I don't know if that stays the same because, I mean, Zach Taylor, it's going to take him a while to be considered better than Andy Reid just because of the age difference. And when I look at it, though, I think you could put Patrick Mahomes in Joe Burrow with the Rams and the Raiders, and those teams would at least make the wild card game this year. I think they're both that good. Yo, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, they elevate everything around them. They, like that's what separates the truly elite from the very good. Like Mahomes showed us, he lost his top receiver, arguably the best receiver in the league, and. It meant literally nothing. In fact, Mahomes was better <laughs> without Tyreek Hill. You know what I'm saying? And well, it's kind of you look at the Bengals. Remember when T. Higgins went down for four games, and then Burrow matters. throws four straight games over 300 yards and wins yep. all four games. It's like yep. it doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter as long as one of those two dudes is there. Yep. Made Tyler Boyd look relevant for a month. Well, Tyler Boyd is relevant. He's just not relevant here because he's the third or fourth guy now with who they drafted this last year. So they had to get from Princeton, who's a stud. So who's your me, number two? To me, I mean, like I said, I I, I don't have a number two. They're both number one. If I, if you gave me the choice of either one, I think I would slightly lean the Burrow just because of what I saw with no offensive line. And the fact of Joe Burrow came into a bad situation in Cincinnati. Zach Taylor was close to being fired. Yep. The roster was, for lack of a better term, shit. And two years later, he's in the AFC Championship game. And in those two years, one of those years, he has to rehab his ACL and come back from it. I mean, he, he's never had a training camp where he wasn't hurt, had a surgery, or COVID, never even had a full, complete training camp. So to me, I don't think it's even worth picking between the two. They're just the two best. And I really think that it's possible, if they both stay in their respective cities, that the next 10 AFC championship games, shit, five or more of them might be Kansas City versus Cincinnati. Yo, it's it's the new Peyton versus Tom. Colts yeah. versus Patriots. Only better, because both Only of better. these guys are better than Manning. Ooh, I was going to say only better because it's going to be flip-flopping. It's not going to be Tom Brady beating Peyton every that year. That is kind of my point, though. That <laughs> is – they're even guys. They are. I mean, they, they both – Mahomes can make a few more spectacular plays. I think Burrow is a more accurate passer. With Manning and Brady, to me, when you watch, especially playoff Super Bowls, yeah. Brady was better. He was. 
I mean, he just was because people will say, well, he had a better coach. He had a better. I'm sorry, but Tony Dungy's in the freaking Hall of Fame. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady was going to Troy Brown. And Antoine I mean, if you look, Edron James, Robert Mathis, who was the other pass rusher that Dwight Freeney, Dwight Freeney, um, Dallas Clark, Sanders. Yes, don't give me that crap. No, I mean, yeah, Belichick may be better than Dungy, but maybe he's better than Dungy because he had Brady and Dungy had Manning. Because also, if you watch the thing about the floor or uh, about the Florida Gators. You'll notice that every big game Peyton Manning played in college, he lost. And he usually lost bad. And in the NFL, he throws a pick six to lose the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The other Super Bowl, he wins and he throws two picks in it. I mean, he beats the Panthers when he threw for 140 yards. Ugly. So, I mean, to me, I don't think that you will ever see games with Mahomes or Burrow where they get shut down. Because they're both, they put it like this. The reason these two guys are better than everybody else is you can actually watch them impose their will on their own team and the team they're playing against. And that feeds off to the team around them. That's why when the Bengals play the Chiefs, every game from here on out will probably be decided by three points. So let's hear it. Who's number two? Who's number one? We need a two and we need a one. I already told you. If it's me, I'm taking Burrow one, Mahomes two. But I can see the argument big time for Mahomes one and Burrow two. I just think they're they're slightly different kind of guys. It's just according what you prefer. I mean, for me, it's a little more cut and dry. I got to give Burrow the respect where the respect is due. He might be the best pure passing quarterback in the NFL, and it's not even it's not even close. He might be the best ever. Maybe one day, possibly, sure. But, but and see, that's what I want because I don't want a dude that tries to make plays up because the Bengals' first Super Bowl appearance was because Patrick Mahomes made two critical errors where he tried to bullshit plays out of his ass and they backfired on him. To me, I want the guy that ain't going to turn the ball over. And I want the guy that's not going to take huge risk because guys that take huge risk, you know, your Brett Barr, if you're Peyton Manning's, guys that lose your games in the end because you run out of time with that. And I think last year it just really helped the Kansas City was playing Philadelphia, and I don't think Philadelphia is very well coached. Well, I mean, you mentioned the the turnovers. You want to keep guys keep turnovers to a minimum. I'm talking about turnovers in critical situations. You don't take risk unless you have to. I mean and let's face it, neither one of these guys really turned the ball over a whole hell of a lot. They I mean for what it's worth Patrick Mahomes was better statistically than Burrow in everything except completion percentage. He had more yards through the air. More well, than the stat, Burrow is like number one all time. Something like that. Yeah. More touchdowns, same amount of picks, more rushing yards. Um, I mean. What was the rushing yards? Like 190? <laughs> no, nah, he, nah, he had 100 more rushing yards than, than Burr. I think it was like I mean. three something like to two something. But regardless, Burrow's a great, maybe the best. I think he's the best passer in the NFL right now, period. Pure passer in the NFL, period. Regardless of the level, the situation, is he being blitzed? Is he out of the pocket? It doesn't matter. He's right. But for me, the number one, the clear number one is Mahomes. It's it's the chips. It's the production. I mean, 
what quarterback, Mike, do you know loses arguably the best receiver in the NFL and not only wins a Super Bowl, but gets better across the board. He had the best statistical season he's had since but his that's why he had the best started. statistical season he ever had is because he lost Hill. Because he wasn't just throwing to one guy. That's you know what? Well, more than one, but I mean he had to right. spread it to other receivers because he didn't have well, he's got Travis Kelsey. So I would say this. I wouldn't go a little too far. He his number one receiver is Travis Kelsey. I think his number one receiver was Travis Kelsey when they had Tyreek Hill because I don't think there's anything more dangerous than a tight end that can go 30, 40 yards down the field, stretch the defense. And it just – because this is the thing. Was Tyreek Hill as good last year? Tyreek Hill was arguably better than he's ever been. I don't think he was. At, at least statistically. Statistically is not what I'm talking about because he's going to stat-wise be better because Travis Kelsey's not there taking half the footballs that would be thrown to him. What I'm well, saying don't, is don't forget the Dolphins do have Jalen Waddle. Waddle also had what 1200 yards receiving or something yeah, like that. He also had two throwing to him, except for the five games where he didn't. So I, I know he's good. So he still had good receivers last year, but I think he spread it around more because it was like Kelsey, and then I got these four other guys that you know, none of them's really a stud. So I'm not really going to concentrate on just one guy. So I think in the end, when you lose a guy like that, as long as you've got another number one, which to me, Travis Kelsey is the number one receiver. I mean, maybe you just get better. And the other thing is this. He has a really good offensive coordinator. And no, that guy's name ain't Eric Bieniemy. It's Andy Reid. And like I said, to me, I want the dude that can stand in a pocket, extend the play, throw the ball. They both do that. I want a dude that makes big plays in big situations. They both do that. Um, the chip thing, well, he's also been in a league for five years compared to Burroughs three. So it's very possible we're sitting here two years from now and they both got two. Then what do you do? Yeah, maybe. Then Burroughs the best quarterback in the league and it's not even a conversation. See, that's, that's not really how it works, though. Nah, that, that is how it works when you talk about how, That's how it works in the mind of fans, if you know what I mean. I mean, we're all fans. Let's be real. I'm not but, a fan. I only watch the Bengals. But like, when you're when, but like, if these, all right. So if if in two years or three years they both have two chips, that means Burrow would have won two of three. And nothing. Oh, and didn't Mahomes win two out of three? No, Mahomes. Mahomes oh, been to four. four straight, but I, he's won um, two of the last five. Yeah. So once again, it doesn't matter. Even if Burrow wins the two. I guarantee you I will sit here and say they are still tied at number one. Because I can seriously tell you, since I've been alive, these two guys are two of the ten best quarterbacks I've ever seen. That's big praise, man. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks. You're fucking old. I know. So anybody from about 1975 on, I remember. And just from then and now, these guys, and I fully expect when they're done, both of these guys are probably in my top three or four all time. It's going to take right. a lot to pass Brady in Montana for me, but both of these guys have the capabilities of doing it. And what was that? This, I want to put it up on the screen. This is our You should rankings. let me know when you want to put something up on the screen. All right. So these are our rankings, just so everybody can see it. It's all pretty. It's color coordinated. It's got my rankings, Mike's rankings. And here they go. 
So one through ten for me, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Hurts, Rogers, Trevor, Lawrence, Lamar, Dak, and Deshaun. For Mike, Burrow, Mahomes, A.A. Ron, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, Cousins, Jackson, Dak, and Trevor Lawrence. similar except for your stupid pick of Deshaun Watson, which may turn out, but right now I don't see how you can put him in a top ten. You guessing. Now, for me, I'll show you the rest of my rankings because I'll be posting these soon anyway. But I got Tua 11, Kirk 12. There's no way Russell Wilson should be over Jared Goff, and there's no way Kyler Murray should be on the, on the board, dude. The Kyler Murray thing, literally, because it, it's real life, he is – He's he, not any good. He can sling it. He can't. He's he horrible. Can. No, He's, he can't. He can sling it. No, he can't. He can and throw honestly, big deal. Don't make you a quarterback. I think hey, I would take Daniel Jones before I would take Kyler Murray in a heartbeat. I was gonna say for I, me, Kyler Murray was scared to death against the Rams in that playoff game. It was absolutely horrible. He cannot stand in a pocket, he cannot do anything but run, and he can throw a deep ball. And Ryan Tannehill deserves more respect than that. That's a man well, been in the playoffs like five or six times, and you got him below Kenny freaking Pickett and Justin Fields. This is for this and Geno Smith. This is I for don't this care. Season. What the hell has Geno Smith done to be ranked? He had a good half season last year. He's a better passer than Fields, Jones, and Tannehill. But he's not better than Tannehill. You just don't he respect Tannehill because he's white. You've always had your anti-whiteism. Tannehill sucks. My buddy Greg is a Titans fan. He'll tell you how much Tannehill. Dude, sucks. you know what? Most Titan fans are retards. Because you know, they, they get guys like Malik, they get guys like Malik Wills and them, and think, "Oh, we're gonna do it." Now we got Will Levis. No, now that just means you got two guys that suck behind Ryan Tannehill. And oh. I don't know how Jordan Love gets ranked that high. At least Jimmy G isn't in anybody's top ten this year. Oh yeah, I Mr. Rizzley's top ten. He had him so bad. Where do you have Jimmy G ranked? 22-3 behind yeah. all See, those guys. That's a joke. Bryce Young is better than him right now. Bryce Young's better than him right now? He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. I'll move him up then. Jimmy I trust Garoppolo him. does nothing. I mean, <laughs> he hands the ball off. That's what I said last year, but I heard otherwise. I did not put him in my top 10. I didn't even have him in my top 15. I said this. If you have a complete football team, he cannot screw it up. So, yeah, he's better than probably half the guys on the list because he won't screw it up, and those guys screw it up. So, if you remember, my ranking for Jimmy G last year was like 14 or 15, and Mr. Risley had him at number nine. Hold on a sec. Hold on. I think I got that here, too. But I know he wasn't in my top ten. I thought I had it more readily. Available. Actually, you can't put Jimmy G even on the list because he's going to be hurt anyway. Probably. Those porn stars wear him out. His girlfriends, he just can't get it done. He's always it's a hurt. Sick life. Sick life, bro. All right, guys. Tomorrow, Dan, we'll bring Steve back and we'll give our NFL predictions. We'll see if you pick your Lions to go to the playoffs. Yes, we will see. We will see. Well, you, I'm not going to spoil you it. You don't, do you? I'm not spoiling it. People got to tune in to see where you, I put my team. You don't want to jinx it. All right. Also, remember to check out BetMGM. Click the link in the description below in the YouTube video to check them out. You can hear us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
Spreaker, any place you find podcasts, you'll find the Grilling Truth. You can follow Dan at? At DB Talking Sports. D is in Dan, B is in Bob. It's still D is in douche, B is in bag. But yes. And you can follow me at Grilling Truth, as you'll notice I have a few more followers than Dan. Did you break 100 Just- yet? I don't think so. I think we're still like in the 70s or something like that. Well, we'll work on maybe it. we'll get that up. If everybody could, go follow Dan on Twitter. And make sure you like our Facebook page. Dan, anything else before we wrap it up? Nope. That's it. All right, I'm ready for So, for Dan Kornhauser, I'm Mike Goodpaster. You've been watching and listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak. <laughs>